0: The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools, if it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. <laughs>
1: Hello everybody, happy Friday, you made it to the weekend, it's RJ Salveson, it's Eric Franson, it's 106.9 The Fan. On 1390 AM and 106.9 FM, the full court press. Welcome to everybody who is here. It is game day. Happy game day. As the Utah State Aggies get their season underway against the Wake Forest Demon Deacon, 6 o'clock star. And if you have a dish, congratulations, you can watch the game. If you have Direct TV,
2: enjoy the uh, recorded
1: episodes of Bachelor in Paradise.
2: <laughs> so this has kind of been a weird saga as we've been trying to unravel what's going on and how you can catch the games on Direct TV and basically what we've been able to determine that is the ACC network may show up on your list, on your guide, on your channel guide. But unless you've paid for the sports pack, which is a higher level, uh, you, won't, you may not be able to see the game because they will only show the game in ACC areas. Clearly there's not an ACC school within hundreds of miles of Logan, uh, so it may be a little bit sketchy. However, late yesterday, Dish Network announced the Handshake deal that uh, they've worked something out with the ACC Network, and so it is now available on Dish Network. Though nothing official has been penned or, uh, I don't know, eyes dotted, T's crossed, whatever. But last night, I watched the Clemson game on ACC Network. I scrolled through on the guide to tonight and saw the Utah State game there on my guide, set it to record. The question is, will it really be there or not? I don't know. But if it's not, the other options are PlayStation View. Uh, You can sign up for a free trial, seven-day trial for YouTube TV. There's also a free trial you can sign up for with Hulu. So there are ways to watch it, whether it's on your television or on, on your desktop or your mobile device. Uh... From my understanding, there is no agreement in place with Comcast or Xfinity. So, be that as it may, it's going on. The game's going to happen. Um, and we, we mentioned this the other day. few times where we will actively invite you, if you want, to change the channel. Uh, if you're a super big Aggie fan switch over to KVNU. Al Lewis, Craig Kislip, we can see them through the glass. They're doing it right now. Two legends, uh, legendary broadcasters. One of them's a Hall of Famer. Uh, they're breaking it down, getting you ready for Utah State at Wake Forest. So that's on KVNU, 610 AM, 102.1 FM, KVNU game day in action again for the first time for this season. So that'll go for a full two hours right until kickoff.
1: Uh, yeah, you cannot find any better hockey coverage like Al and Craig give you. In fact, I went over to compliment them And they both just kind of stared at me and, like, gave me the look of, get the hell out of here, dude. We got a show to do. Well, I'm sorry for caring so much. (laughs) Sorry that my friendship annoys you. Uh, No, hey, look, we got great coverage on this station here for the next uh, hour and a half because at 5.30, Nate Craigman will join us, uh, and he'll give his edition, his season opening rendition of This Week in the Mountain West at 5.30. So for the next 90 minutes... We'll give you Aggie coverage. We'll also talk about some high school football. But for full blown two hour, one hundred and twenty minutes up until kickoff coverage of the Aggies and the breakdowns, the interviews, the thoughts, uh, you can go to six ten AM KVNU. Eric Franson will be over there at five thirty. He'll give his thoughts as well. They'll both all three give predictions. Uh is that Ryan is Ryan Bone there? Not yet. Not yet, not oh yet. Man. You'll, you'll hear from him in the five o'clock hour. I got some words to say to him uh about way back when in high school football. Uh Speaking of high school football, the Rocky Mountain kickoff was yesterday. Uh One game started on time, the other started a tad bit late, ended a tad bit late. Speaking of a tad, <laughs> tad? tad bit late. Speaking of a tad oh, bit late, boy. if you were in Provo for the BYU Utah game, you didn't get home till two o'clock in the morning because of a the game ending late and b traffic. Uh, We're going to break – well, we'll give our thoughts on the BYU-Utah game. It doesn't need any breakdown from us. You can get that from the stations down south that care more about that than they do the Aggies. Uh, But we'll give our brief thoughts on that. We also have our five best, which are the five best newcomers for the uh, Utah State Aggie football team. Eric has tweeted out a tweet and wants your thoughts of who are your five best from five to one. Who do you think are the most five impactful players coming up on this football season, Eric?
2: Yeah, it's an interesting discussion about the the five best newcomers. So, people that are new, and they could be new for whatever reason. Uh either they were a redshirt player last year and this is their first opportunity to play, they could be a transfer player, graduate transfer, or or JC transfer, or true freshman. So, who would you think and how would you put together your five best newcomers for USU? Uh, it's a really it's quite an interesting list to put together. Uh, what's challenging for me is how to rank them. So uh, it's always fun to get that feedback, though, because um, we've we've generally been doing this, like, just here's our five, and then people react to our five. I thought it might be fun to get other people's reactions first before they hear what we have to say. But uh, anyway, so you can go, uh, I'm on Twitter, at E. and, and uh, comment there if you want to weigh in on what you think the your... What well, you think the five best newcomers will be for Utah State this fall? Yeah, it should be interesting. But uh, let's let's talk about the, these high school games last night. Please, let's do. Um, weather was a factor throughout the state. Uh, it was a factor up on Berlin-Olson Field. But the first game pretty much went on without a hitch, if I'm not mistaken. Near the very end, they were starting to be a little bit of weather. But Logan and Preston, cool that these two teams are able to play each other and haven't really... Don't have much of a tradition playing each other, which I find odd but yeah. why, why why doesn't Logan and Preston play more often but um this was a game that logan was uh maybe maybe the better way to put it was that Preston was very overmatched, and the the second game was even worse uh but I think that uh uh now I'm missing his first name Larson Larson kid for Logan was creating all kind of havoc. Yeah. had some pick sixes. Uh, he had uh, made a bunch of great plays for Logan High. Um, he did
1: have the one pick six. The other one was called back. Well, there was two penalties. One with a block in the back, and the other one was a blatant face mask, and then there was some trash talk afterwards. I'll tell you who I'm impressed with. The Preston quarterback, Hyde, uh, came out there, and he is tall. He's got a good build. He very slow feet, not very quick but has got an incredible arm. Like, his build and his arm remind me of Jordan Love. It's, I mean, it is effortless how he makes it in throwing a ball 40 yards. And he put the ball and the money on a few throws and the receivers couldn't come up. That's the thing is he didn't have a lot of playmakers, you know, to help. And the offensive line didn't give him a lot of time. at times. Now, granted, there was times where Hyde did hold on to the ball way too long for that Logan defense to get there. Um, but I mean, again, I I actually was quite impressed with Hyde. Uh, he took a beating. He really didn't. He he had a gutsy gutsy performance. Just he he wouldn't come off the field. He didn't want to. He played defense, special teams, and he was a quarterback, and that really impressed me. But on the other side, Logan just outmatched him. Logan out physically toughed him. Logan uh, played just Mach Nine hair on fire. We're gonna come after you wishing you copied that blueprint against a very, very, very overmatched Shelly team. But for Logan to go out there, and, I mean, they were, I think it was 21 nothing And all I, everyone's was just kind of, what in the world? Because I thought this would actually be a competitive game. And Logan put that thing to rest in a heartbeat. They're up 30 to 13 a half. But, yeah, and so so give credit to Logan. They balled out, uh, and, and they, but especially their defense.
2: Yeah, they... they... They played really, really well, and I. But I do have to give Preston credit for how they hung in there and how they competed. They didn't lay down. They kept fighting even down to the very, very end. Uh, so they weren't going to go quietly. Um, and, but then the weather started to come in. They were supposed to be just a 20-minute span between the first game and the second game. But then there was weather and there was lightning, and then they had to be a delay. And when would you start the second game? Should there be a second game? Um, but eventually, it did happen. Uh, and that game wrapped up, they called, eventually called the game right before midnight. There's still time on the clock, but Skyview was dominating. There was still weather in the area. Everybody was tired and wanted to get home. I <laughs> can't blame them for just saying, look, let's just call it a day. Uh, Skyview gets the win. Everybody go home.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, and there was so much communication um, back and forth of, you know, are we going to play it? I mean, what's the rainstorm looking like? We got lightning. Is it going to be too late? I mean, Shelly's got a a two-and-a-half, three-hour drive home, right? And finally they decide to play, and Shelly brings her team out in the field, and I I mean, first thought that came to my head is, this thing's going to be done quickly. And they had, so Shelly opens up with the ball. They have a first positive play, about a gain of five. Uh, Then they have a false start. Then they have a run for a loss of two. A sack, and then actually, sorry, no sack. But yeah, they actually, there was a sack on third and long. But on that sack, uh, they're—I mean, their their backs were against the end zone, and Skyview just sends the dogs right at him. And this quarterback doesn't adjust the line, doesn't adjust the protection, doesn't adjust anything. <laughs> he snaps the ball, and then you just see this house of gray shirts just. Like, all right on top of him. And then, of course, he fumbles it, comes into the end zone, and it's, it's 6 nothing just like that. Uh, and, then they, uh, and then they, you know, force another 3-and-out, and they, and they come and they, they just shove it right down Shelly's throat, punch it in, and like four minutes into the game, it's 14-zip. And you just knew this thing was over. Um, of course, with about 4.39 left in the game, uh, Lightning came to be a threat again, and so they called the game. Uh, which was a smart idea, and uh, people were able to get home and uh, see the ending of another disastrous massacre. But (laughs) it's crazy just how – is there – let me ask you something straight up. Is there a talent gap between Idaho football and Region 11?
2: Well, I think that the schools that they went up against are probably a little bit smaller.
1: I thought Preston was going to beat Logan. I, I'm sorry, Grizzly fans. I know, you you must have checked the whole com thing, saw my picks, saw Eric's picks, and thought, uh-uh. Did you pick Logan?
2: I did pick Logan.
1: Oh, well, me and AJ picked Preston. That sucks. <laughs> well, you <laughs> must have looked at our picks and thought, all <laughs> yeah, right, because I really thought Preston would be more competitive than that. I mean, the effort was there, absolutely. The gutsiness, the effort, the fight. The execution definitely was not, and and Logan just looked every bit as good um, as Preston was on in every facet of the
2: football game. I think that there, uh, I'll be honest, I haven't watched or followed a ton of football in Idaho, but I do. Uh, from what I do know and, and what I have witnessed and observed, I think that football is a is a bigger thing in, in Utah generally. Than it is in Idaho, um, but that's not to say that there aren't talented players or they're not good programs. I believe that there are, but I, I do think that um, that football in the state of Utah is a little bit bigger thing than it is in Idaho.
1: Yeah, uh, and but you know maybe I don't know maybe you bring another competitive team. i mean, like I said, I thought Preston's a really good football team. They just got outmatched yesterday, um, but you want you want a competitive football game. I don't know if anybody from Idaho can give you that. Maybe Westside, maybe not. I don't know if the lads can do that or not. Uh, but you got to find that top tier well, talent in, in Idaho.
2: In their classification, Westside has been fantastic. They've been great every year. They're in the discussion, <coughs> excuse me, for being uh, one of the best teams in the state. And so, uh, I think. It, by classification, maybe that's a little bit different thing that we have to kind of keep in mind because I think the, uh, the schools around here in Region 11 are bigger than the schools in some of the Idaho schools that are a little bit closer. So I think that, that does play a little bit of a factor. So the competition level, the size of the athletes is going to be a little bit different.
1: So Logan and Skyview both uh, come out of there in dominating fashion with wins.
2: Yes, Eric. And Skyview did their bread and butter play of the game. Oh! Last night, if you were listening to the game... If you were up late... John Newbold... At what time? ...called out the bread and butter, <laughs> old gristmill bread and butter play of the game. Mm-hmm. So rather than waiting clear until next Tuesday to do this, we'll do it right now. So if you can call us in and correctly identify when the... Uh, or what the bread and butter play of the game was last night... Four loaves of bread from the old grist mill. So four three five seven five two one zero six nine and correctly identify what the the old grist mill bread and butter play of the game was last night for the Bobcats and uh you could be taking home four loaves of bread from the old grist mill.
1: How do I know what they're calling? Is it gonna like bleep at me or something here? Or? <laughs>
2: Yeah, you watch the phone. It'll be the little, little red blinking lights, and uh, that'll let you know if someone's calling in. Four three five seven five two one zero six nine. 752 Ajay would love to talk to you. Make it quick. I don't have time for you. And uh, tell <laughs> them what you think the uh, bread and butter play of the game was from last night's Skyview Bobcat game. was the
1: bread and butter? Box. Actually, i got to look at it, too. I don't even know. What
2: the- I have it handy on my phone just in case. Oh, need that's to. kind of you. I haven't deleted it yet. Uh, but with that,
1: um, you know, (laughs) preseason still matters here tremendously. What Preston does the rest of the season is going to matter for Logan. What Chile can do will matter for Skyview. Uh, we also got games tonight. Box Sellers at Mountain Crest. Stansbury's at Green Canyon. Ridgeline's got a tough, tough test against Farmington tonight. The Fenises. Phoenixes, sorry. Uh, the Ridgeway Phoenixes, or
2: Farmington Phoenixes. Farmington.
1: Uh, and who else? Bear River. They've got...
2: At Bonneville? Uh, uh, that, I think that game is... In, is in a It's a home game, yeah. So it's a Bear River home game. All
1: right. Well, uh, so it's... Uh, by the way, you can find all those games on cashvalleydaily.com. So I'm doing like 10 things at once here. Uh, you can find all those games and how you can listen to them and their streaming uh, links on cashvalleydaily.com. And you can tune into those. And don't forget, when those games are over, you can immediately turn into six ten a.m. KVNU. Eric Franson, Al Lewis, Ryan Bone, Craig Hislop, whoever they 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 got the whole crew there to get you the best post game coverage. And the best part is, you get to call in and share your thoughts. You can say, "Hey, look, this is my thought about the game, whether it's negative or positive." But just, please keep it family PG rated. Uh, and and you get to you know, you know, give your opinions on what this team's going to look like here for the 2019
2: season. Nobody in the state will do that for you, Utah State Aggies, except here. Yeah, it's the only place for uh, uh, for Aggie fans to call in right after the game and to share their own thoughts and their own opinions. So should be a lot of fun. Look forward to it. Hopefully, it is uh, fun because we're talking about a win. But uh, the pregame is going on right now, and will continue until six o'clock. Uh, they're competing right against us right now. Uh, they uh, We're winning by a lot. <laughs> but uh, as soon <laughs> as the game is over, then you can turn over to KVNU again for the uh, post-game uh, opinions and coverage that we'll have for you.
1: So, again, 610 a.m. KVNU is where you can get your pregame right now. Uh, Eric will join them at 530, and he'll uh, he'll chime in with his thoughts. And then at uh, after the game, again, call in or get into 610 a.m. KVNU. Uh, I will be doing the exact same as soon as our game is over for Mount Crest Box Elder and uh, doing the uh, – chiming in and uh, hopefully be able to call in. Hopefully you guys will answer my call and let me chime in. That would be cool.
2: We'll see. I'm not the phone screener, so who knows what's going to come through. Oh. Uh, coming up here on the Full Court Press, we need to get into uh, – we already touched on what happened or, or what's on tap tonight for high school football. We'll remind you of, of who's carrying those games. But there was a big game in the state last night, a big college football game in the state. We'll get into implications of what happened down in Provo um, and because Utah State is going to play BYU a little bit later on in the season. Um, can Utah State replicate some of the things that Utah did to the Cougars uh, and to have kind of a similar outcome? So we'll get into that. Also coming up, we're getting into our Friday five best. And today, our, who we think will be the five best Newcomers for Utah State football. Love to get your thoughts and opinions on that as well. Feel free to hit us up on Twitter. We'll share that information a little bit later on in the show. Next hour, we'll get into what's on the schedule for college football and this week in the Mountain West. It's all coming up right here on
0: Full Court Press. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. When I'm with you.
1: Andre Salas and Eric Francis. It's the full court press. One hundred FM, thirteen ninety AM. The fan game day. Aggies. Deacons, Six o'clock PM Mountain Time. If you have a dish, you can watch it. If you don't, find it somewhere else. PlayStation View. YouTube Live. Get that free trial. Hook yourself up with the free trial, and then cancel before they charge you. I. Uh, <laughs> By the way, pregame coverage going on right now on our sister station, six ten AM KVNU, with uh, Al Lewis, Craig Hislev, two legends. I got—I'm I, I'm not even kidding. When I walked in there, and I complimented him, I was talking, to them, I complimented him. They kind of just looked at me like, "Dude, you want to leave?"
2: They're pros, dude. They're dialed in. It's game day. I'm a pro. I mean, it's we like... We are
1: one of the most listened to sports going radio my shows. I'm
2: going my I'm dialed. I'm in, focused.
1: We are, no, way. Sorry, let me clarify. Don't we're, distract. We are one of the most listened to radio shows in the Cash Valley Radio Network. And that's not a joke. I found that out at least in, last
2: night. within the parking lot of this building, we're the most listened to. And then there you are. The horses there love you are. us. Demeaning our show. The horses
1: at the radio ranch. Why don't we just tell everybody to go to some other station then? <clears throat>
2: we're so happy.
1: Man, you ungrateful fetch. Anyways.
2: Hey, why don't you tell them what I gave you today?
1: Oh, yeah, we well, finally paid up after seven days. I was a little... Not seven. Yeah, eight. Come on now. Eight. I found out on... I realized on Monday. Oh, yeah, true, so that'd be five. Still. So, but... <laughs> so, yeah, no, you did pay up. Uh, So you got me a Diet Dr. Pepper... Kit Kats, which, by the way, good choice. I love. I'll take Kit Kats over any other candy bar. And ever since I was six, I fell in love with Kit Kats. Uh, I'm proud of you. And then you got me a balloon. Yeah. And it's not one of those crappy 50-cent cheap balloons. It's one of those ones where they're...
2: We yeah, call, I had to put some money down on that thing. We. Calm down. Because I realized I was late and I owed you and I was proud of you for breaking the streak.
1: So I remember we had a private conversation this, this this past week and you said, we are friends. And I still hold and cherish that in my heart. And then today you gave me a balloon that says, you are amazing. Eric, I feel like you're finally coming to your senses. <laughs> now all you need to do is come hang out with me. And I know i will come here, hang out with you. Have a pizza and we can watch. We can watch the uh, Utah State game together.
2: You're doing a, a high school game tonight. He can. Find you're you're going to be tied up. He he. Well, he can find somebody
1: else. I I mean, if you if you
2: if you want to. Okay, so uh, BYU and Utah. I'm switching topics and getting back on track. BYU and Utah last night in Provo. First half, kind of a snoozer, to be honest. Uh, Neither team offensively could get anything going with much rhythm. It looked like there were moments where Utah might be able to start getting things and then they would just stall out. Andy Ludwig wasn't very creative. Uh, BYU just didn't really have a run game that was consistent enough or at least sticking with the guy that could make yards. Uh, Wilson was throwing... Uh, interceptions for touchdowns, throwing interceptions for the to the wrong team, uh, but the, still the first half was close, and it was anybody's game coming out of the half. Utah started to make a little bit more adjustments. I thought that their their defensive front was really disruptive and got after Wilson, that forced him into throws that he wasn't ready to make, throwing into tight coverages that he shouldn't have been throwing into, and then bottling up again their running game. And then in that fourth quarter, it really just started to unravel and Utah just started to pull more and more away. The, the
1: blueprint has been pretty much laid out for every defense that has a good defense that's capable of being able to put pressure on the quarterback and yet have the backfield to send coverage whichever way they need to. Uh, and that is this. The blueprint is if you can get pressure on Zach Wilton They are in serious trouble. Zach Wilson is still making freshman throws. The throw, that pick six to Francis Bernard, was a horrendous decision. You tuck that thing in, you go to the ground, you live to see another day. Yeah. You don't throw that falling down. He
2: still believes that he can make whatever play he thinks he wants to make. And he's, he's a young athletic player. Thinks he can go out there and do it, but what he doesn't realize is maybe he could have done that at the high school level. Yeah, not and in maybe Division even One. Got away with it That's on the, great the late schedule that they had with the teams that they played UMass, last year. Ohio State, but you, you can't do that against a really good defensive team, in which Utah is.
1: Offensively, for Utah, they were an absolute juggernaut. In fact, I know you say the game was pretty boring in the first half, and it was. But Eric, when you control the ball for 36 minutes of football, and you eat up 12 minutes of clock in the third quarter,
2: 12 That's minutes, unreal.
1: And then after a lightning delay, you go to so you go to the locker room with on a lightning delay, get the ball back, and with 9 minutes and 13 seconds, you chew up every bit of it, every bit of it. You tell Zach Moss, hey, it's you and you only. Everybody else block, get me first down. So chew this clock. Let's go home. And guess what? You eat up 9.13 on the clock insomuch that you're standing on the three-yard line with just over two minutes left, and you take three knees right in front of their student body. That is, that is such a slap in BYU's face. They know we could score? Nah. We're just going to kneel it right here. We're at your own three in your backyard once again. We're good. We did what we needed to do. Let's get out of here. What Uh, a beatdown that was in the second half. eh, It
2: really was. The the adjustments that Utah made, they knew that Zach Moss was and is a special player. And, like, look, let's just ride this pony. They can't stop him. They can't slow him down enough. And they got a couple other guys that were making some things happen, too, in their run game. Um, And and Huntley was, was doing a fine job, too. Not that he was looked super impressive with some of the things he needed to do, but he didn't have to. No, he don't. Uh, and so Utah just went smash mouth and said, eh, you guys can't stop us. Uh, here's the difference for me as well.
1: Uh, Tyson Williams for BYU gets limited carries despite being very successful when he got those carries. On the other side, oh, they fed Zach Moss every chance they had. They absolutely fed him.
2: Yeah, that's why th- earlier I thought that was curious. They had a running back that was he had some plays that he was able to gain yards, but then they didn't use him consistently. So I think that their their run game is messed up. Um, they don't. I don't think that offensive line is really that great. Uh, Utah was able to push them around. They weren't able to create gaps really for their run game. Um, and so, uh, and I also thought that their you know, BYU does have some some dudes on defensive on their defensive front, but I don't know that there's enough of them for them to be a real consistent threat all year long. So, well, how they look at the end of the year compared to how they looked to, uh, last night is going to be intriguing. What kind of adjustments do they make, or does this let out all the air? Um, this was their 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 bowl game, so to speak, and. Um, instead of having the season to lead up to this and build up to that moment, it's already done now. And you're 0-1. And it's, you lost. Not only did you lose, you got beat up. And you threw turnovers again and picked sixes. So it was messed up again. Uh, after, but that makes it, what, between the losses to Utah and Utah State, State combined, State. they haven't won a game against an in-state team in, what, 13 or Twelve or eleven contests.
1: Yeah. So let's see. Two years ago, they lost to B. They lost to both. Last year, they lost to both, and this year they just lost to Utah. And they'll probably lose to Utah State in November because I don't know how any of those guys survived Tennessee, USC, Washington, and Toledo. Oh, and by the way, at South Florida as well. Who looks pretty good uh, after the game, Tyler Huntley? This is credit to Chris Kamara. Uh,
2: Come Annie, uh, uh, come
1: Ronnie. Uh, yeah. Tyler Huntley was asked his thoughts on BYU. Tyler's Hunt, Tyler Huntley's
2: answer.
0: No. No. Say,
1: He's a senior. I'm a junior. I say, <laughs> Next to uh, Tyler Huntley was Britton Covey. Uh, well, if, oh.
2: that was kind of hard to hear. If you couldn't hear exactly what he said. Basically, he's never lost to BYU, and he basically said, they're poo-poo. Yeah, that he that says, is what he said. They he are says, poo-poo. Well, they are, he says, they so poo-poo. And he
1: says, I can say that. And then he says again, they so <laughs> poo-poo. First he says
2: that in the press conference. They so poo-poo. And then he says, Wait, you, and you can tweet like that. like my four-year-old, like a four-year-old, my neighborhood kid, t- trying to talk to me about what he just did in the backyard. I mean, And then at the end, he says, you, you can tweet that, and they tweeted that.
1: Now, BYU fans are coming out saying, Tyler, you're the last one who should be talking smack because, well, you really didn't do a whole lot last night. Well, he can because he's 4-0 against you. Uh, scoreboard. He's never lost a BYU. And by the way, Jordan Love, as a starting quarterback, is on that tra- or what, trajectory, trajectory of never losing. Think about that. A quarterback at Utah State never losing to BYU he could be 3 and 0 come after November 20th
2: that's incredible that is incredible uh, this is interesting uh i find it shocking that this was the person the person who shared this information i'll share the information and then it's shocking who shared this but um in the in this stretch um in these nine straight losses from BYU to Utah um BYU has had 14 takeaways um but they've had 29 giveaways. So Utah's had 29 takeaways. Um, number of uh, turnover-free games, zero. BYU has had a turnover in every game in this nine-game stretch against the Utes. The Utes have four games in this nine games where they didn't have any turnovers. And then here's the other thing. The number of defensive touchdowns scored. BYU has not scored any. And Utah has scored nine I mean, it's telling about the gap that exists between those two teams. (laughs) Surprising, it was Greg Rubel. Usually he's all fluff and rainbows and everything is great and better than we all think it is. Uh, But he was the one going through and sharing the information that clearly illustrated the gap that exists between the two schools that they have long tried to deny. But you can't deny it. I mean, nine straight. Some have been close. In the rivalry, sure. But most of them haven't been, and Utah's dominated, and they did again last night. D. Jones just uh,
1: texted me, and he says, look at my last tweet. And it's <laughs> it says, BYU fans be like, Zach Wilson is a piece of poo. We want a new QB. <laughs> and, piece of
0: poo. And, and, and
1: here's the thing, is that if Zach Wilson goes 0-6 versus quality football teams here in the first six games, and by the way, all of them are quality football teams, People are going to want to crucify him, which is unreal to me, man. He's a sophomore; it takes time.
2: Yeah, look, this BYU is going to go through uh, just a, a a gauntlet of tough competition. They're they're not going to come out of it great unless something interesting changes uh, dramatically with personnel, um, but. I think that this is a team that's going to come out of that, um, maybe licking their wounds a little bit, maybe making some adjustments. And once they get into the softer part of their schedule, everybody will start to talk about how great Zach Wilson is again. You'll we'll have to we'll have to put up with that again.
1: D also tweeted out: <laughs> "That's good, actually. <laughs> Aggies haven't played Utah for five years, and I've beaten the Utes more than BYU on that time." <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good actually. Fair point I like it I love that. By the way uh, If Dee's listening um, Congratulations to him on another successful event I know Mother Nature tried to stick her hand in the cookie jar But you know what As the rain was starting to fall More students just kept coming out Nobody was going home From scab, you, or Shelley. right? Like, now we're going to stick around We're going to fight through this rainstorm Rainstorm passed through Students came right back to their seats It's like nothing ever happened and then they, I mean, it was a great event, a great night, an incredible job by D. Jones, who is who's putting together, uh, putting together something incredibly special in regards of high school football, and a really really fun tradition. I can't wait for the basketball uh, spectrum thing, you know, with the high school teams to come up again in, in uh, during the basketball season. But great stuff. Uh, really quickly, before we go to break, I want to ask you this because we got to our five best, and we got to talk to FIBA basketball. By the way, as they get ready for the FIBA World Cup coming up September first against Czech Republic, Eric. If there's weaknesses, give me one weakness defensively, one weakness offensively on the Cougars that you say the Aggies can exploit that and dominate them.
2: Well, oh, just one.
1: <laughs> um, well, it's I, just game one that we saw. We don't know how game. They might go out and beat the crap out of Tennessee, forty-five to three, and we'll be like, nah, it's the best team. They're going to look. They look better than us.
2: So, last night, I, I wasn't really impressed with that offensive line and their push, um, either for protection for the quarterback or to create gaps for the running game. Um, I So, I guess I would put that offensively. Defensively, um, I, I didn't think their corners were very disciplined and really that great. Uh, they were making some... Uh, penalties that cost them extra yards. Uh, their, their secondary seemed a little uh, slow to their spots at some ca- occasions. Um, so I think those are the things that really stood out to me was their defensive secondary lacking and that offensive line and the uh, lack of a solid run game. For you? Uh,
1: Zach Wilson's our weakness. Like If he gets pressured, he makes some really bad decisions. And that's not good. As a quarterback, you have to be able to stay cool, calm, and collective. And, you know, just give your offense a chance. And I felt like last night he didn't. And then uh, defensively, uh, man, their backfield got torn apart by Zach Moss and by Huntley at times, too. Like, I don't think their backfield was completely uh, innocent in this in this late charge in the second half from the Utes at all. And the coaching by Jeff Grimes and by Kalani Sataki Was questionable to say the least. There were some really weird calls that they, play calls that they made, uh, late in the first half, and I don't know. Yeah, and then, I mean, of course, you got penalties. I mean, yeah, you're right. What's, there's not one. I mean, penalties killed them too. They had had Utah on third and long, and then they, they put a face mask on them, or you have an unsportsmanlike conduct on them, uh, and then it's just, it's new life for Utah, and they just eat you alive in that regard. Uh, is Utah to you? College football playoff caliber. I know it's one game. Are they college football playoff caliber, yes or no?
2: Not based on what I saw last night. I think they'll have a good wow. season, but if you're going to be a legitimate college football playoff contender, they should have walked all over BYU from start to finish. Uh, BYU may be a decent program. I think they, they played hard. I think that was the, the consistent uh, message coming out of the the Utah Uh, post game press conference is that Utah or BYU plays hard, but they don't have the same talent level Uh, Utah. If they want to be in that discussion for playoff college football playoff, they have to be dominating teams, not just beating them, but dominating because the PAC 12 has not had a great history of being involved in the college football playoff picture. So to get there, they just have to blow people away. And so the, those who vote say, well, yeah, how can, we have to consider them. If we can't leave them out. And there were, especially that first half, they just weren't really quite in sync. I get it. It's the first game for everybody. You're going to be a little bit rusty. But um, I, I think Utah still has some things they need to work on if they want to be considered a top four team.
1: By the way, in, in in light of that, Lee Corso last week on College Game Day picked Utah to be one of the college football playoff teams, mm-hmm. and to not only be a playoff team, but to beat Clemson and then face Alabama in the national championship. Clemson last night, fifty two fourteen winners over the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, and Trevor Lawrence went thirteen of twenty three, yeah, one hundred sixty eight yards.
2: That's, that's my point exactly.
1: And it was only through three quarters, and by the way, that running it was back. against an
2: ACC opponent. Obviously, Georgia Tech's not. Lately, not known to be a great program, but it's a Power 5 school. Clemson rolled them. Travis
1: Intonine, uh 12 carries, 205 yards. Yeah, three at touchdowns. the end, looks really good. Uh, so, yeah, a lot, to, a lot to pick up and a lot to improve. It is game one, but that's what you're staring down at if you get to the college football playoff. Yep. It's Eric Franson. It's Audrey Sousen. Coming up, we'll get you our five best. It's the five best new players to Utah State. And who will be the most impactful? Can't wait for this one. It should be good. Eric Francis and Audrey Salveson, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Don't forget, if you want your Aggie coverage, go there right now. Al Lewis, Craig Hislip, best in the biz. Eric's going to join them at 5.30 to add on to that greatness. They're going to give you some great coverage of the Aggies. You're going to get audio, thoughts, opinions, and then remember, after the game, you get to share your thoughts and your opinions on an Aggie, hopefully, win. Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, coming back at you.
0: Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
1: Eric, right, friends, and RJ Salas, it's game day. It's the freaking weekend. Hope it's, it's game day. yours yours, is as ours. It's the weekend. Aggies, Deacons, tonight, 6 p.m.
2: It's Labor Day.
1: Region 11 football, 7 p.m. You can find football. all the games listed on...
2: <laughs> you were just powering
1: through. Uh, man, I was doing so well. <laughs> you just said football. No. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> if you would have said Quidditch, I probably would have lost it and had to turn off our mics. Uh, no, Region 11 high school football is on tonight as well. Bear River, uh, Ridgeline, Mountain Crest is all in action. Green Canyon as well as in action. You can find all the games yep. on Uh We are just excited to be able to be in the thick of it again. It, it really is. It's good stuff. And then you got basketball coming up in late October, early November for Utah State at least. And then uh, it will kick off for high school as well. And again, you'll have the same great coverage for both USU basketball and
2: for uh, high school football.
1: Uh, Eric, let's give into our five best. You came up with this idea, Eric. So why don't you go ahead and share
2: it? So on Fridays, we do our five best. It's a, a list. It could be various different topics that we get into. But for this Friday, I thought we'd throw out there, there are five best newcomers for Utah State. Now, there are over 50 new players on this squad. There's been a lot of turnover uh, on this year. So a lot of new players... It, it's some guys that you haven't really seen some guys you probably won't see because they may red shirt or just not get used much just yet but um of those 50 or so players who would be the five best and i think that there are a, quite a few actually that could stand out and it was challenging for me to narrow it down to five hmm. um but i have my five Do you have your five are you ready uh, I'm
1: struggling with number five, uh, but I have four, three, two, and one, as weird
2: as that sounds. Give me your fifth. Okay, for me, my fifth is Andy Koch. Um, I thought that uh, he is a big body, one of the highest rec- uh, recruited, um, rated recruits, highest rated recruits for Utah State on the offensive line in a long time. Um, I think that he's going to help. Uh, be a, a talent um, on that as a right tackle, six foot six. The I mean, guy's guy is a monster, uh, and so I think with with his size and his ability, and from what I've heard about him, what I've observed, I think that he could be a big part of of that offensive line coming together and having some success.
1: So number five for me was the Warren kid, the running back, the backup to Gerald Brad. As of right now, I've been so I was so impressed with him in fall camp. He was able to find little, I mean, slivers of daylight and slash through them and then explode. Uh, he has great hands. He's a good, uh, right, I guess, running back, turn wide receiver into a catch, uh, and has good vision downfield. I, I like that Warren kid. I hope he gets to see some minutes out there.
2: Okay. Uh, he's on my list, too, but not quite at that same position. My number four, uh, I'll be honest. Originally, I was think it, it was going to be Terran Adams, but he's not... On the depth chart. That's kind of weird. So I don't quite know why that is, but um, that doesn't mean that I wouldn't include them or don't want to mention him because there was another player that I was hotly debating who should be there instead. And so I actually am going with a player at a similar position with Troy Lefferts Jr. Hearing a lot of positive things about him from, the, from his teammates, uh, from what I've observed in, in practices. Uh, I think he's going to be a ball hawk. Um he plays the safety position. They may actually end up using him as one of those uh, uh safety blitz type players that they like to use. Um and so uh, I like Troy Leffridge Jr. as my number four. That's a great pick three pick.
1: I yeah, number four pick. I, I really like that one. For me it's Taylor Compton. Uh the the former Logan kid now has been so productive in fall camp. I I you know, you see Jordan whenever he's on the field, I it's almost like Jordan's kinda of looking at worse Taylor, worse Taylor, worse Taylor as the, I just, in case I need it, he's there. And all, more often than not, he's going to Taylor. And Taylor, again, when, he, even on in you when you run an in-route, you're terrified about one thing and what? What's, what's the first thing on your mind?
2: Uh, I, When you run an in-route or slant. Oh, you better be secure.
1: Yeah, and you're going to get hit. Right. You're going to get absolutely <laughs> rocked by somebody. Somebody's waiting for you across the middle. Taylor's not afraid of contact at all. He is willing to go get a ball and take a hit. He'll do it. And that's hard to find in Division I football. And and so a lot of slot receivers, they need to develop a mentality of toughness, knowing, hey, look, I'm being called to go on an under, an in, or a slant. I'm going to get hit. Catch the ball. So I I love what Taylor's doing.
2: All right, my number three, I went with CLC Mariner. He's the wide receiver transfer from the University of Utah. Big body, talented. Uh, He... Uh, has integrated into the system. He and Jordan Love, I've seen them connect on a number of plays. Um, I, I think that he's going to be a big-time weapon for USU. Six foot two, 190 pounds, um, and uh, I, I think that he's going to be a nice replacement to what we saw last year with Jared Colston, Green, and, uh, and um, Ron Quavian Tarver out of the mix. Um, don't quite know if he's going to be used the same or he's going to be on the same level, but I think he's he, he has that potential. I think he's going to be an impact player for the Aggies. My number three is Troy LaFegge Jr.
1: You know, when we talked about this backfield, how much they had lost in Gage Ferguson, John Tarracamoor, and then Jamarcus Singram, and then Baron Gonkowski, just the list goes on and on. You kind of wonder who can actually step up. Uh, Of course, you have DJ, you have Shaq. But, man, Troy from the get-go in spring has caught my eye. Physical, uh, aware, instinctive. I I love Troy LaFegge Jr., He's gonna see some. He's gonna see some reps out there, and I think they can increase throughout the season. All
2: right, um, my number two. I'm going with Jalen Warren. Um, I, he's the new running back. It's a JC transfer. Uh, originally, I was looking. I was focusing more on Gerald Bright and Riley Burt in the backfield for USU. But this Warren kid has really caught my eye. Uh, I think that he's he's shifty. He's fast, and he also can run with power. Um, And so I I just think that that one-two punch really between Gerald Bright and Jalen Warren could be a really huge asset for USU. And I think that he's going to be a big part of helping to carry that load in a running attack for the Aggies.
1: I couldn't remember Jalen's first name. That's why I was struggling on number five. Uh, Number two for me is going to be CLC Mariner, which I think you're pretty obvious on where number one is going to be at this point. CLC is going to be a big part of the offense. Gary Anderson has talked very highly about him. Uh, and what he means to the team, uh, he's very excited about him. Uh, obviously, he had some time with him at Utah, but he's, he's extremely high on him, and he doesn't over-exaggerate compliments, that's for sure. So, uh of my number two.
2: My number one is Caleb Repp. Uh, he's the defensive end converted to tight end. He is a Utah transfer. Uh, I just have really enjoyed watching him in practice. He plays physically carries himself well he tracks a ball well uh he knows how to get open and fight in the trenches um and he's a a big body a tall target and i think that utah state has a a wealth of riches at tight end that uh, will really help jordan love for maybe that size that he that originally we may have thought he lacked at certain wide receiver positions he has that at the tight end and i just I've really liked watching Caleb Rep, and I think he's going to be a big weapon and a big-time contributor for USU.
1: My number one is your number one. It's everybody's number one in their programs and in their heart. Okay, I don't know <laughs> about your programs. Uh, Caleb Rep is going to be huge, and in fact, watching him in fall camp, boy, he he proved every bit as advertised of how valuable he's going to be for this team. When you lose Dax Raymond, you're a little bit worried. I think Caleb representatives is going to feel just fine. I really do. I think he's going to feel in just fine. Uh, and that he'll have this squad ready to go. I'm, uh, I'm excited about what this offense can do. I think with the addition of Mariner and Rep, this offense is more lethal than it was thought to be.
2: Here some other guys, maybe some honorable mentions, uh, if you will. Um, I, I think that you have to look at uh, Henninger, Nick Henninger, who was kind of a little bit late in the transfer coming to, from Utah on the defensive line. Uh, he's a graduate transfer. He'll have two years to play. Uh, I already mentioned... Uh, uh, Taryn Adams, I think he's going to be somebody that's going to step in and make uh, uh, some plays for Utah State. don't know why he's not on the depth chart for tonight. Um, I think there's a couple other wide receivers, too, like Derek Wright uh, and, uh, and uh, Patrick, Tim Patrick Jr., who uh, are other dynamic wide receivers I've seen make some great plays and I think are going to help Utah State.
1: Can't wait. 6 o'clock kickoff tonight. Wake Forest, Stephen Deacons, Utah State Aggies. Again, you can find the pregame coverage right now on 610 AM KVNU. Find the postgame coverage. Same station, same people, and you get to share your thoughts.
0: Uh, we'll wrap
1: up the first hour here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM The Fan.
0: It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 106.9thefan.com.
1: Eric France and Aj Salas. are going to be quick here and get you ready for next hour, which includes not only this week of the Mountain West at 5:30. You also get uh, some talk on uh, some great college football games coming up starting tomorrow, uh, and, you're, uh, and uh, we'll get you uh, a little bit ready, just a tiny bit uh, of uh, what's going on in the Mountain West before Nate Craigman will take over that list.
2: Aj, it's here. So excited. It's so fun. we got some great high school games tonight. we got Utah State going on tonight. A great weekend of college football. If you're into the U.S. Open and and, uh, tennis, that's going on as well. So it's a great uh, sports weekend. Find some places to uh, enjoy it. We'll be back on Tuesday uh, to break it all down after next hour. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. When you look at this weekend's college football schedule, it may seem a little lopsided. There's only one meeting of two ranked teams, Auburn versus Oregon. There are a lot of ranked teams against programs you may not have heard of, but history tells us crazy things can happen in week one. Remember Appalachian State shocking Michigan back in 2007? FCS teams challenge and beat the big boys more than you think. Now, I'm sure you don't expect Florida Atlantic to knock off Ohio State or Georgia Southern to beat LSU. I assume Idaho is in trouble since they're a 39-point underdog against Penn State. But at least we know these programs are making money, and they need it. Not just for football, these games are huge for funding other sports. Remember that if South Alabama can't cover a 36-point spread against Nebraska, or if any other small school looks really bad this weekend, they're doing it for a bigger picture, even if the game itself doesn't look like very much fun. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.